0: This week on Moms Moving On.
1: I think the most important thing that we can do is talk to our kids about what the experience is like for them. Talk about what it's like to have two homes. What it's like to have to go back and forth. And then we can have a really clear sense about sort of what might be motivating
0: the resistance. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so glad you're here. And today I've brought on a friend named Michelle, another Michelle, and I'm so excited for you guys to meet her. Um, I discovered her where else, of course, on Instagram, her account parenting pathfinders gives you these like gut punch parenting wisdom nuggets that like you didn't know you needed to hear that day. And I love that. I find her to be very wise. Michelle is the founder and CEO of Parenting Pathfinders. She's a mama of two, a licensed clinical social worker, a play therapist with over 16 years of experience working with children and families, not to mention all of the work she does in her community. Michelle, I'm so glad you're here with us today.
1: Hi, thank you, Michelle. It's wonderful to be here with you.
0: I love this because you are a New Yorker. And as we were just I discussing, am. I mean, I just think New York people are the best. And I may be ten years out of my New York life, but I'll always be a New Yorker at heart.
1: Yeah, and I grew up in California, so I, you know, I'm a little I'm a California girl mm. at heart, but but definitely a New Yorker.
0: I've been here for over 20 years. And you came to New York by way of NYU
1: I did. I did after I graduated from undergrad, I went to Georgetown University. I had a um, graduated with a degree in social in psychology and a minor in cognitive science and then moved up to New York to work at the NYU Child Study Center and had an amazing opportunity working with children and their parents and facilitating um, play groups for parents to really help them build attachment with their children and to help them learn how to play and how to engage with their children in a really
0: meaningful way. I think that's really important because it can be very difficult for parents, and from where I sit in my work, single parents to disconnect and really engage in that time for play and and just mm-hmm. getting on your child's level.
1: Yeah, and it's wonderful to just set that time aside. You can just set aside a little bit of time every day for it's just you and your child, you no know, devices, as least you know amount of distractions as possible. And having that one on time can really be a game changer for your relationship and really help to build that connection.
0: Amazing advice. But of course, today, I want to talk about something more on the co-parenting end of things. And mm-hmm. this is something that I have struggled with for years personally, I see all my clients struggling with, and I get a million DMs about this topic, how to help your children through the transition periods when you're co-parenting, going from one house to the other, how to do it, what is what is actually the problem there for your child? Is it really a fear of what's going on in the other house? Is it just, I don't want to leave my toys in my room right now? There's so much there And when you're a mom and invested in your child's emotions, it's very hard to see the forest for the trees in this kind of situation.
1: It can be. It really can be. And I think that there is never sort of one answer that fits for everybody. And I think the most important thing that we can do is talk to our kids about what the experience is like for them. Talk about what it's like to have two homes what it's like to have to go back and forth. And then we can have a really clear sense about sort of what might be motivating the resistance. You know, sometimes for kids, it is emotional sometimes it's just really challenging to travel back and forth the transitions can be hard having maybe some of their stuff in one place when they want to be another maybe they're worried about missing out on something and sometimes it could be about their experience when they are with the other parent right and I think it's so important to not sort of jump to those conclusions and to assume that it has something to do with your ex that's why they're having a hard time we never know and we should really really start with just listening to our children Asking them, you know, what is it like for you when you're over there? You know, what feels really good about having two homes? What feels really hard about it? And then you could have a clear sense of sort of about where to begin.
0: That's a really good point you bring up is having that conversation. And I know for a lot of co-parents, we are very mindful about digging for information versus having Mm -hmm. a conversation. So can you talk about The difference there, because it's very different than saying, tell me what daddy said and what did he feed you? And then where did you go? And who did you see? We don't
1: want to do that. No, We don't want to do that. No, no. It's so important for children to not feel like they're being downloaded as soon as they come back from their time with another parent. And of course you want to know, you're curious and it's fine to be, but it's so important to not sort of put that expectation on your child that they're going to share everything. And then it also sort of positions them as sort of, you know, someone that is sharing information about the other parent. It could put them in an awkward situation to have to choose sides, what to share what's not really avoid, asking all of those questions. I would also just say, when, you're t- when you see your child again, Lynn, I'm so happy to see you. Avoid saying I missed you so much and that like pain when you're away because I think that it can also, when we tell kids I was sitting oh, I spent all spent a week and thinking about you, they could feel really bad about that and it could make them actually feel bad about spending time with the other parent if they feel like their absence is making you feel tortured. And so being really mindful of how we talk about that experience is another way to really help with the transition too.
0: Michelle, I will tell you that I, as a co-parented child, and now as a co-parent, I pride myself on doing the work and doing everything Mm. the best way that I can. I was like last year, years old, when my child's therapist was like, well, no, no, don't tell her you miss her. And I was like, Mm. wait, what? What do you mean? Because for me, it's Why not? it's but I do miss her. And she, yeah. and I didn't think about it from my daughter's position, which is, Oh, then mm-hmm. mommy must not be okay without me. Yeah. And it was so impactful for me. I can't even tell you. So now when she's mm. like, mommy, I really, really, really miss you. I'm like, I freeze. Cause it, instinctually, mm. I just want to be like, I, I know I'm in two without you, my love, but I, I obviously <laughs> don't say that anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. You know, and I think that thinking about these things from our children's perspective can help to inform our decisions and guide us in the best way and help us to make the choices that are best for them. When we think about what is it like for them, you know, what might it be like to come home from a weekend with someone that you love and then have to explain it all or have to defend it all, have to unpack it all. Uh, It's a lot. It's a lot to expect. And so You know, I think just, again, getting back into their routines, I think something that can also really help with transitions is being consistent, having consistency and predictability and routines as much as possible helps kids to feel safe and uh, and really comforted. And that can also be really, really helpful.
0: Yeah. and And I think that that's a lot of times, I mean, from what I've seen in my own personal experience, it's not so much about where my daughter's going but having to go, like Mm -hmm. not having the control, not having the autonomy to say, well, I'm not in the mood right now. Like I'm Mm. enjoying this puzzle. And so I'll be damned if you're going to put me in the car and take me somewhere else, you know? And, and so how can we as moms, because I'll tell Mm you divorce is emotional. So right away when your child says, I don't want to go to dad's house, you're thinking of course you don't want to go. He's the worst. He sucks. Mm. Why would you want to be there? I mean, and then you start to think, well, what could really be happening there? What is my child not telling me? So how do we decipher, because this is probably the most important question, between is it just a child being a child or is there something going on over there that I should be concerned about?
1: Yeah, I think that so much of this kind of goes back to that piece that I think is really challenging when it comes to co-parenting is we don't know and we cannot control what happens when our children are not with us and it's hard it really really is but there's also an element of trust that we have to have and acceptance of the not knowing and I think that one thing that is really important is when our child says that they don't want to go not only just listening to what they have to say, acknowledging their feelings, really validating it must be really hard to have to stop doing this puzzle that you really want to do to, you know, have to go to your other parents' house. I get that. You know, this puzzle is going to be right here waiting for you when you come back, right? And I think as we, when we acknowledge their feelings and validate their feelings, we create space for them to want to share more, to know that it's okay for me to be uncomfortable with this. It's okay for me to not want to go. I can talk about this. But there are so often things that our children need to do that they may not like, right? There are things that are, you know, obligations that we have as parents that they need to do that they aren't always going to be the biggest fan of. And that's okay. Right. But it does go back to sort of us being confident in our position as parents and knowing that this is something that is the best for you right now. And we may not know. It's hard to know exactly what's going on in there. We won't know. But when we talk to our kids, when we ask them how they're feeling, when we, you know, check in about their feelings, their experiences, what's it like for you to transition? We can get a better sense of what might be sort of at the root of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And once we get a clear sense of what's at the root, perhaps it's the transition does feel hard. I don't want to leave my puzzle. I want to actually see my neighbor friend tomorrow and I'm not going to be able to see them until I come back. It could be so many things. And it's also keeping in mind your child's age, you know, their development, their temperament, all of these pieces sort of thinking together can help give. us they're all clues. Right. That we sort of put together to have a better understanding. Um, but there isn't sort of that one thing to look out for like, okay, my child said this, that means that this parent's house is, you know, there's something that's going on over there that that I need
0: to worry about. I'll be the first one to say, we do that. It takes a long time before you're able to be like, okay, I know my kid. My kid also doesn't want to go to school. That doesn't mean that like something horrible is, you know, happening in school. Exactly,
1: Exactly. But I think that as much as we can talk to them about what their experience is like, then we can get a clearer understanding of what might be making it hard.
0: So I I want to present you with a situation that was very eye opening with me, for me. Um, a client was explaining to me that her ex very often would miss his parenting time and then want to just make up days that were outside of the schedule. And her daughter was really big on schedule. I had advised her to keep a calendar in her daughter's room for the month so she knew where she was going to be when because that helped her. Okay. And her dad would miss the days and then would come back into town and say, I want to make up a day. And then her mom would say, okay, well, you know, you have to go with dad tonight. And her daughter had like an all out meltdown and said, but you know, I don't want to go and it's not my day to go. And she was very rigid. And, and the mom Mm. said, but it's, but you know, it's daddy's time with you. It's only fair. And the daughter looked at her Mm. and said, does anybody care about what's fair for me? Mm. And
1: Which is a fair question
0: right and it's like we forget that they're not just library books that we have to like yeah. borrow and and return at certain times and it starts to really wear on them so what would you say mm-hmm. in a situation like that it's not fair it's not fair and i would say i get that
1: <laughs> i get that i know that it doesn't feel fair but i think that going i would go back a step right because i think that before that child is in sort of that situation, it's important for the parents to be consistent. And I think consistency and predictability are so crucial for children. Mm -hmm. And as much as, you know, we make flexibility, yes, is important, but when it comes to, and every child is different and some kids have a harder time when there's changes to their schedule. And so as much predictability and consistency as we can give them is the best. Mm -hmm. And so I think it goes back to, parents being consistent with the schedule instead of having the expectation that kids are going to always be flexible. Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to us having clear, you know, boundaries, clear expectations. And perhaps instead of, you know, and again, there's so much about that particular situation that I don't know about, but just based on the nugget that you shared. You know, perhaps it's a situation where instead of, you know, going to that parent, they could have some sort of face time. They could have a visit where it may maybe a shorter amount of time. There's a lot of ways to get creative with these things that I think can honor a child's needs and also honor a parent's need to spend time with their child. But I think that as the least amount of disruptions as we can have to their schedule, to what they can expect, if this child, you know, typically knows this is what happens on Tuesdays, we should do our best to be sure that their Tuesdays look like it should.
0: Hi moms. If you're looking to sell your engagement jewelry, Worthy is the perfect option. With over 45,000 satisfied customers, Worthy is the most trusted name in the business. Would I bring you anything less? Worthy offers competitive auctions and gets you the best deal possible on your jewelry. Plus I've connected with worthy on a special bonus offer for the moms moving on community, a $100 Amazon gift card. When your jewelry sells for over $1,500 ready to move on from that engagement ring, get started today at worthy.com slash moms. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, And my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? So going off of what children like to expect, um, and I get this question a lot, very often children who are co-parented will go to the other parent's house. And when they're young, they have it in their mind, sort of like when you're a little kid and you see your teacher outside of school and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I thought you lived in the school. Like, what do you mean you're (laughs) at the store? You know, when my daughter was young and this comes up for all my clients in her mind, I was just always at home. And when Mm. she went to her dad's, I was sitting at home and waiting for her and she would <laughs> FaceTime me and I'd be at the store or I'd be in a restaurant and that would be really unsettling for her. So how do we talk mm. to our kids about the fact that we are in fact allowed to have a life outside of the house when they are not with us without making them feel bad?
1: Yeah, I think it's just important for them because it's so important for them to know that we have lives that are rich and are more than just, you know, this piece of being their parent. And I think we can even say, there are so many things that I get to do while you get to spend time with your dad and your mom or your other parent. There's so many things that I get to do. And I can't wait to tell you about the things that I get to do when I see you again. Right? And also acknowledging there are things, there's so many things I do even when we are together, right? When we're together, we go to the store, we go to school, we do this, we visit places. And so I think it's just reminding them also that there are a lot of things that we do when we're together. There are a lot of things that we do when we're apart.
0: Okay, good. I love to hear that because I had a mom that I'm working with. She told me yesterday, she's like, I think I'm, you know, my kids are going to dad's tonight. I think I'm just going to cancel my plans. So I'm not out if they call me. And mm-hmm. I, and I remember feeling that way too. Yeah. Obviously I know better now, but it's such a normal feeling. You know, you think, it is. <laughs> you think by not living your life that your kids are going to be more okay with the situation that they're in, but obviously that's mm-hmm. not the truth.
1: It's not. And also if they, you know, as they grow up, they know when I'm not there, all mom does is sit at home and wait for me to come home. That also doesn't really feel good to them either. Yeah. So I think that it's so important for them to know that we have lives, that there are so many pieces to us. We have different identities and we have to nurture all of those pieces of who we are.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So if we're going to get real down to the nitty gritty, we have, let's say a toddler. Who's on a two, two, three schedule, 50 50 with both parents? It's the very be- beginning of the divorce and the beginning of this co parenting process. What do you think are the best ways to get a child ready to transition to the other home?
1: I think that we need to, one, Have conversations with them before about what to expect in terms of what the transition will look like. Where are they going to get picked up from? Sort of what time of day is it going to be? What as much of a clear picture that we can paint of what they can expect is going to be really helpful. Um, And how you frame this time is going to have a huge impact on their experience, right? So, again, if you're talking to them about it, like, now's the time when you get to get ready to spend time with your other parent, right? It's something that you get to do. As opposed to, I'm so sad that you're having to leave and this is so hard that you're having to go. And that is gonna have a huge impact on what their experience is. So again, framing it like it's, this is a positive thing that they get to spend time with someone who loves them so much and letting them know that. And again, talking about the schedule, what they can expect. The days, I think, for little kids having a visual, like a calendar, where they can see these are the days that I'm going to be with this parent. These are the days I'm going to be with the other parent referring to the calendar and showing them on the calendar, this is when you're going to get to come back here, right? And so it can be sort of clear for them when they're leaving and when they're coming back.
0: That visual is so important. That was a game changer for us, for sure, Mm. that calendar. and, And also having my daughter like, help me create the calendar. So she knew yes. and using different color markers on the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. And that was just one of those things that like, I wish I had thought of sooner.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's such, a, it's so helpful. And I think that even I love, and when they get to create it with you, there's a lot of ownership over their schedule and the calendar. When it's something that they create, as opposed to, you know, here's your calendar. Mm-hmm. It gets to be an experience. And then you can also facilitate conversations about the schedule and about how they're feeling as you're creating it too.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So my last question now, and this is something I'm sure you've heard over and over again. Moms in particular will complain that when their kids transition back to them from the other home, mm-hmm. they're like different kids. I don't know what went on over there. It must be a circus because they come back mm-hmm. and they're a basket case. And it's just so normal again for a mom mm-hmm. to think that something, you know, it's like the wild west over at the other parent's house, but A lot of times it's just having to transition and getting a child accustomed back to what they were used to in that home. So can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Exactly. I think that there's so, we have to allow children to be children and understand that kids when they're transitioning, transitions can be hard. Transitions can be unsettling. And as they're moving from one space to another, one environment to another, there's so many things that are different. And, you know, perhaps there are different rules and different expectations in the different homes, right? There's things that they have to get used to when they're coming back. And that's just a way of kids to process. I think that sometimes you can see a sort of burst of energy in kids when they come back it's like what's going on you may be acting so different but i think that it's it's all you know i think staying in tune with who your child is is so important right who is your kiddo when i when they transition from this other activity do i notice them sort of having a hard time with that transition as well sort of what's their typical rhythm when it comes to moving from one place to another and that can also give you a lot of insight and if something's a little different or is this just them you know managing a transition and just kind of again getting adjusted to the rhythm of this back being back in your house.
0: Yeah. And and I have found in my own home, like having a consistent routine when my daughter does come back that is very mm-hmm. sort of boring. Like we're home, mm-hmm. we're not rushing into a plan. Or is that the best way to go about it? I mean, I, I know I, I, I guess every family that. is different. Yes. Yeah.
1: Every family's different, but if you can have sort of a sort of a ritual, a way to transition back into your home that is consistent that is fun that is light whether it's you have you know certain music playing whether you have certain smells in the home whether you you know it could be so many different things it could be you checking it about you could talk about feelings about the weather you know checking about how we're, how we're feeling are you feeling sunny Are you feeling rainy are you foggy today you know whatever it might be but i think having sort of a consistent way of them to transition back could be really helpful too
0: this is all so good. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because yeah. I know this, it's it's so scary, you know, for a mom who is going through a divorce with somebody who has either hurt them or they no longer mm. trust or love to be like, here you go, take my children,
1: do what you will. Hard.
0: And yeah. then seeing your child struggle with the transition, man, they don't, they don't prepare you for that in school.
1: No, but but the thing is just keeping in mind that when you are with your child, that is when you're in control, right? When you are, it is, I think that about co-parenting is one of the hardest things is not knowing what's going on, not having mm-hmm. that control over your child's experience. But if you just do your best and if you provide the consistency and if you provide that predictable environment, that is offering your child so much and just remembering that you can do your best and that is all that you can do.
0: My favorite little tidbit that I repeat over and over and over, mm-hmm. over till I'm oh, blue yeah. in the face is that Harvard <laughs> research and the scientific Harvard research shows that children need one stable caregiver to thrive. So even if mm. that child is going off to the wild west every 50 every 2 to 3 days of their life and they're coming home to something stable and secure, they are going to be okay. They are, they absolutely will be. As a child with horrendous separation anxiety, who couldn't even like stay in the classroom without her mom in the hallway, I could tell you Mm -hmm. kids eventually get accustomed to these changes and it's our job to support them but not fix it for them. We can't fix it,
1: yes. But supporting them, validating their feelings, being responsive to their needs, creating space for them to share how they feel and without judgment, right? Without, and we don't want to, We have to also be mindful of putting our, like what influences our own feelings and experiences having on their experience, right? So when we're creating space for them to share, oh, it's really hard when, you know, this parent does that. You don't want to say, you're right, they are this way, right? It's (laughs) It's not an opportunity to sort of join in, but just to create space for them to share how they're feeling, validate their feelings, and just to be a safe place for them.
0: Mm -hmm. And again, like those conversations that you said, sometimes you uncover things that you're like, oh my God, this sweet little child brain, like, I don't like the Mm -hmm. way daddy cuts my apples. I like the way you Mm -hmm. cut my apples, right? (laughs) And then it's like, oh, okay, so you're not going there and being tortured. It's just, you know, a a matter of something so small that can be corrected. Mm -hmm. And, and that's why, again, those conversations are huge. I love that you talked about that.
1: Yeah, you know, maybe their favorite blue cup is not at that parent's house,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, and then when you talk to them about that, it can, that may be something that's uncovered. And that's something that you can work with your co-parent to, you know, come up with a creative solution about.
0: Mm -hmm. Michelle, this has been excellent, excellent information. I'm so excited that we got together to do this. Can you share a little bit more information about yourself and where people can find you and if they choose to work with you and all that? Absolutely.
1: So um, you can find me at parentingpathfinders.com. I'm also on Instagram at parenting underscore pathfinders. I provide parent coaching. I provide parenting therapy. I also provide therapy for individuals, couples, co-parents. There's so much work that I do with co-parents to help them support them in their relationship, help them figure out the tools and strategies to support their children the best they can, and also help them to have the healthiest relationship possible as they can, you know, move forward to support their children. And um, yeah, and so if folks can reach me there. You can also email me at michelle at parentingpathfinders.com. You can set up consultation, set up coaching sessions. Um, I'd be happy to, you know, talk with you about the needs that you have for your individual family and see how I can Are help. Are
0: you able to work with clients out of New York State? I'm able to, absolutely. So for
1: individual and couples therapy and therapy with co-parents, I only am licensed to work um, therapeutically with folks in New York state. But when it comes to parent coaching, I see folks all over the world. Um, And so it's sort of an international group of parents that I work with. So anywhere in the world, we can definitely, I can definitely support you with parenting
0: coaching. Yeah. 12 out of 10 stars, everybody highly recommend. Oh. <laughs> of course, Michelle, I will link all of your things, websites, Instagram, your Instagram is fantastic. I oh, thank you. You, there, It's the, the, what you post is so like, you could tell you thought about it. You know a lot about it. You really have a passion behind what you're sharing. And I appreciate that to all of you listening. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists, and it's called the Moms Moving On Membership Community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com, and click on Become a Member to join our community now.